Reading is freedom. Oh yes, that's what this episode, our final episode of Real Reading Talk is all about. You all are going to understand the concept of why I came up with Real Reading Talk and how we should always link our reading to our liberation. Make sure you stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I welcome you again for my new folks who, those of you who somebody shared my podcast with you, or maybe you just stumbled across it, across it when you were uh, flipping through podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts uh, or Anchor. Um, I appreciate you tremendously. Uh, I thank you for, uh, you know, listening, tuning in. For my old heads, I appreciate you big time as well. Thank you for continuously rocking with me, supporting me. Shout out again to my homegirl, Miss Ebony Donnelly, all right, uh, the owner of Literacy Innovations. Also, my sister, uh, LaDonna, she's been, you know, rocking with me as well. And uh, Miss Pamela. All right. I got to give her a special shout out. I thank you all. These are folks who have been leaving comments and saying that, hey, look, you know, I appreciate uh, the episode that you put out and all of those great things. So I just wanted to give that. Got to got to thank the people. When you thank the people, you're thanking God. All right. So this is what uh, I truly believe. So with all of that being said, Uh, I just want to let you all know, this is going to be my last episode of season two. All right. So I believe this is uh, uh, episode uh, 44. And this again is season two, because I'm getting ready to prepare for season three. And season three is going to be a banger, y'all. Y'all hear me? Inshallah. All right. That just means God willing. (laughs) You'll hear me say that. Okay. That is going to be a Banger, okay, meaning that I have planned to uh, interview, or I like to say, have conversations with Black authors as well as Black entrepreneurs, all right? So that is going to be my focus, all right? And of course, you know, when talking to Black authors, you know, I, I, I'm typically, I don't have access to, you know, any uh, authors out there who are well-known. So I'm going to be talking to folks, you know, locally and some people who are not, you know, from my hometown of Cleveland. Okay. But who are putting in the work. All right. They are about empowering our people through reading, through literacy. And that is what this episode is titled. It's going to be called Reading is Freedom. Okay, reading is freedom. And I'm doing that on purpose for two reasons. Number one is because I want you all to understand that our reading, when we are reading and we are trying to get that information, it should always be linked to our empowerment, to our liberation, to our freedom. As you all know, my target audience is us as Black people, the people who typically listen to my podcast. All right. I started this podcast 
with the mindset of empowering our people, bringing back that aspect of making sure that we prioritize our reading, making sure that we put reading in the, uh, in the uh, high value category where it belongs. Going back, always remembering that's a part of our history. All right. Sharing those stories, listening to those stories, all of that goes back into our African roots, our culture. And we have to make sure that we put those things in the forefront. OK. And so this is why I said, you know what? I have to have this episode called Reading is Freedom. And the other reason is because of my Reading is Freedom brand. OK, so I came up with the concept Reading is Freedom. After reading the book, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. All right. When I read about when he uh, started to uh, gain his freedom through reading, when the uh, master's wife, the mistress, had started teaching him how to read. And then when her husband found out that that's what she was doing and he had told her, no, you stop doing that. You quit teaching her, quit teaching him how to read. Because when you teach him how to read, what's going to happen is that that's what's going to make him want to be free. He's going to realize that, hey, you know what I'm saying? This whole slavery bit, this this thing of, you know, black folks at the bottom and being oppressed and being tortured and, and being dehumanized. Frederick Douglass was going to wake up. And so the master understood that. So that's when he was like, oh, no, no, you got to put a halt to that. And then unfortunately, what happened was the mistress had started really coming down on Frederick Douglass harder than the master. She, she took the orders of her husband. And next thing you know, she was just bang on him. Like, no, he wasn't going to learn how to read and just being e extreme, extreme. You know what I'm saying? In terms of, you know, uh, you know, enslaving Frederick Douglass. But again, what he did, what he realized, he was like, oh, no. You open the floodgates for me, <laughs> okay? What you think you now you you didn't let me see and get a little taste of this reading thing and 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 what it what it can do for me? Shh, please, he was like, ain't no stopping me. So he was doing everything he could. He would actually take still like little biscuits and and food, you know, from the master's house, and he would use that as payment for the little white boys. Because, you know, you had some, even though during slavery, you had, of course, obviously white folks enslaving black folks, you still had poor white folks amongst them as well. And so you had white boys who would be hungry. So what he would do, he's like, okay, you know, when I give you this biscuit, you know, teach me these letters. Okay, I got a little, you know, a couple of biscuits for you. So teach me how to say these words. Okay, so he was hustling. All right. And he was hustling for that reading. Okay, so that's the mindset that we have to have. And that's where it made me come up with the concept. I was like, okay, reading. And then also the quote, he said, once you learn to read, you will be forever free. And so that always stayed in my mind and stuck out in my mind. And I said, you know what? I was like, reading is freedom. And there you have it. And so that's when I came up with the brand, Reading is Freedom. And, um, and I'm going to put the link in to my store actually as well. It's called readingisfreedom.store. So you make sure you check it out because I have Reading is Freedom merch uh, for you as well. But so again, like I said, um, with this episode, I thought it was uh, something that would be um, imperative 
uh, number one, for me to call this episode Reading is Freedom because that is how we have to frame the whole aspect of reading when we are trying to get our children into reading. See, our children have been equating reading with, I have to pass these tests. Reading has been equated with this activity that is so freaking boring. It gets on my nerves. I have to sit still. I have to concentrate. I literally have to focus on something. I can't just, you know, read the words. I actually have to be able to understand what I'm reading because reading is not a passive activity, right? Reading is an active activity. When you're reading something, you can't just merely just get through and just read the words. Yeah, yeah, you can read the words. Yeah, okay, but what did you just read? Did you understand what you have read? That's the meat of reading. And this is where our children suffer at, right? You can have that child. Say that child, they can do all the, the reading of the words. They can pronounce the words. They just, what you call word calling. But then when they got those questions at the end of that passage, when they're taking a test, a lot of times that's where our children suffer because they're not comprehending. Now I can go into a whole thing of, you know, we, we could talk about, and that's a whole another separate topic in terms of how they ask questions. Cause you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of those questions, you know, the way they ask the questions, it may be confusing. So that could be an aspect, but I'm not, that's not what I'm about to delve into. I just want to focus on the fact of how we have to get our children in the mind frame of, okay, what's the whole purpose of us reading? Like, why do we have to sit here and read a book? You know, we, you know, nowadays it's like, please, you know, information, you know what I'm saying? It's so easy to get. You can actually now, you know, you can go and just Google certain, um, you know, different little things you need to answer a question. So what do you need to go and read the whole book for, right? You know what I'm saying? These is real questions. And I understand our youth asking these questions. Like, what's the point? I can just go Google it and answer to the question and I'm good. But what we have to do is now we have to understand like, okay, so we have to look at our situation as black folks and we have to have our children pay attention to our situation as black people and have them do simple things. Just pay attention. Just like, for example, me and my two of my sons, we were watching the movie Jaws uh, last night. And because um, we were talking about Jaws and I was telling my son Musa, and he's 16 and he he has autism. And with his brilliant mind, you know, we, you know, he loves animals and everything. So we were talking about the movie Jaws and all that. He's like, yeah, I want to watch Jaws. I said, okay. And so we started watching Jaws. And next thing you know, one of the first things that my son, who's 11 years old, what he noticed, he said, he said, I don't see no black people in this movie. And it's tripped out because, I mean, yeah, I, I noticed that. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, you know, that's something that I picked up on. But for him to notice it and he verbalized, he says, not really no black people. And so, you know, we start talking about the movie was done in 1975. That was a year after I was born, by the way. And so the, you all think that our children are not recognizing their place in society. You think they don't notice when they're not being noticed? <laughs> you think they don't notice when they're not being shown? If you think they're not paying attention, then you're sadly mistaken. This again, therein lies the whole point where we have to get back to reading is freedom. See, when you're educating your children about our history, when you're educating your children and we're educating our children about the things that are going on in this society in relation to us, 
then what happens is you begin to empower them. They begin to start understanding what's going on. And then they begin to say, you know what? I want to do something about this. I want to change this. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like when I go into particular businesses and I'll see either the black folks, their security guards. Okay. And that was one that's so interesting because one of the black people that we saw in the movie Jaws, that's what he was like a security guard or something like that. And it was just ironic, funny. And so then, or you see the black people, they clean it up. They answering the phones, something like that. Right. But when it comes to making those decisions for, you know, a particular business, the community, society, or whatever the case, what do we usually see? White folks. And we need to talk to our children about that. Don't raise your children. You, you'll be really, really uh, doing a disservice to your child if you sit up there and raise them and not talk about this system of this false notion of white supremacy. You'll be out your mind. Don't do that to your child. Don't think that you're saving them and you want to quote unquote keep them innocent. No, no. You always have to be in the mindset of, I have to empower you. I have to let you know what it is. What's going on? And what better way to do that? You can start off with getting books that represents Black people, Black culture, Black history, Black experiences. Talking about history talking about Black folks and talking about the different things that, you know, Black achievements of Black people. You don't have to, and, and again, just like Dr. John Henri Clark talked about, you don't start your history with slavery because when you do that, everything else seems like progress. We start off with the African civilizations, all right? We start off with, you know, telling our children about different Black people in history who've done great things. That's just like, for example, I was listening to uh, one of the uh, videos done by uh, this brother named Tariq Nasheed. And I'll, um, you know, and, and, and one of the things that I appreciate about what he does is that, you know, he'll drop seeds of, of some history, okay, as it pertains to Black people and, and, and showing us in a light in which you're not going to find when you go to these schools. And then he talked about this man named David Fagan. All right. And this was he was a Buffalo soldier. OK, you all look him up. I'm not going to get too deep because I don't you know, I didn't want to get too deep into him because I know that you all can research him. But I just want to just give you a little taste of what he did. I actually shared this article on my Facebook page um, as well. But basically, you know, he wound up he was a Buffalo soldier. All right. And so what he wound up doing, though, when he was sent to go fight, um, you know, against the Filipinos, the Filipino army, you know, because he come to find out that the Americans, of course, once again, the U.S. Army, their goal was to colonize and take over the Filipinos. OK, and their excuse was that, oh, you know, they're they're the, And mind you, these are dark skinned people. So these is black folks, they're not American black folks. Obviously, they're black, though. Right. And so, again, this concept of colonization and imperialism, they were like, oh, yeah, we want to, you know, control, you know, this particular country. And what wound up happening, they wound up, they had, it was a Filipino uh, liberation army, and they were fighting against them. And guess who wound up leaving the Buffalo soldiers, leaving the U.S. Army and saying, you know what, 
I'm, a, I'm about to go help the, uh, the Filipinos, David Fagan. That's what he did. That's right. And he was a rider, y'all. He was somebody who was no joke. He was no joke to the point to that the Filipino uh, Liberation Army, they had uh, gave him a high ranking. All right. He had advanced him, I think, they, uh, to general. All right. But this is somebody that I never heard of. I mean, I literally heard about him this morning, y'all. That's the tripped out thing. And so with the moment he said that name, you know what I immediately did? I said, I paused his video when, when Tariq Nasheed had mentioned it on his video, I paused it and I said, let me go do a Google search on him. And then this article came up by this white man named William Morey, all right? And he wrote this article, he wrote an essay talking about him. And he was talking about him like up, in the uplifting, he literally, that information I gave you, that came from his article. This white man talked about that and he actually wrote a book about him too. But you see what I just did? You see how the connection of the dots went? I'm listening to some information. The brother gave the, the drop the name of David Fagan. I paused the video. Then I went and I said, let me Google. And I looked up the information on him, read the essay, read over it. And I said, wow, never heard of him in my life. And see, and that's what I'm talking about. That's an example of reading is freedom. That's an example of empowerment. Because see, if you always, if our children are inundated, in which they are, by the way, with the Thomas Jeffersons, the, um, the uh, what's, what's the Thomas Jefferson, George Watson, all the white folks, <laughs> okay? You know, the white women and the white men, you know, in the feminist movement, all of this stuff, our children are being inundated. It's just pump, pump, pump it in. And of course, once again, over and over again, Black people are marginalized and marginalized. And they'll, and they'll pick and choose what Black people, they want our young people to hear about and know about. See, they're not going to tell about him. They're not going to tell because one of the characteristics, or some, a few of the characteristics rather that was described in that essay was that he was confident. And he did not, he, I mean, he would literally, he would like basically taunt the 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 U.S. uh you know those soldiers in the U.S. Army. I mean, he was just toying with them, all right. And he was fierce. He was bold. He was no joke. These are the things that our children need to hear. These are the characteristics that our children need to see. That's what's going to help them be empowered, so they understand that no, you come from a history of people who were not weak, who fought back on every level possible. And again, one of the things, and I'm about to segue into another topic and that's related to reading is freedom in terms of how an example of reading is linked to our freedom. Just like um, in the movie, and this is a spoiler alert for those of you who have not seen the movie Wakanda Forever. So I'm just letting you know now, So, I, but I have to tell this part because it's linked to uh, this book that I started reading called The Black Jacobins, written uh, written by C.L.R. James, all right? The Black Jacobins, Toussaint Louverture, and the Saint Domingo Revolution. So this particular book is talking about the Haitian Revolution, all right, that happened, okay, where the Haitians had gained their independence from the French in 1804, okay? And so in the movie, at the end of the movie, Wakanda Forever, come to find out, Black Panther 
had a son. All right, with uh, I, please forgive me, Lupita Nyong'o. What, what's her name? Y'all, y'all know her name. Please forgive me. But they had a son, and guess what? His son's name is Toussaint. And guess where she was at? She was in Haiti. I like I like to try to say it the right way. Haiti. <laughs> okay, she was in Haiti. All right with her son, Toussaint. And speaking of Toussaint, have any of you ever heard of Toussaint Louverture? Those of you who study and read, I know you have. Toussaint Louverture, who was he? He was one of the ones who led the way when it came to the revolution, when it came to fighting back against the French so that the Haitians can get their, gain their independence. And one of the things, and I'm going to, uh, and this is from the book, and I'm just going to read a little part of it. And this is on page 91 of the book. The Saint, and the chapter is the San Domingo Masses Begin. Now, this is when our dear brother C.L.R. James, who was a phenomenal historian, those people who are, you know, uh, well-known Black scholars, they have read this book, and he's written other books as well. So he's somebody, he's somebody you need to look up. But it said that, um, that Toussaint, he had been able to read. It said he had been able to read a little, right? And it said he had read Caesar's commentaries, which had given him some ideas. I heard that right. He read and he reread. Okay. So he had an understanding. That's why he had a thorough understanding of how to fight against the French. Right there is another example of how reading is freedom. And that's the thing you will learn when you start looking up and you start reading those, uh, the slave narratives, or you start learning about the revolutions that began. Nat Turner. Prime example, what was Nat Turner doing? He was reading. He was reading from the Bible. He would gather together. They would have him read to the enslaved ancestors. Okay? And what he was doing, see, they called, they, they were like, yeah, you know, yeah, you read to them. You know what I'm saying? Let them know how, yes, their lot in life is to be slaves. But then, see, what happens is, just like Frederick Douglass talked about, See, you're not going to sit up there and tell me I'm just going to just read whatever you want me to read. I'm going to read whatever I get my hands on. I'm going to read it all. So I'm going to read where you made this up. I'm not supposed to be a slave. We're on, we are the slaves to one God, meaning what we worship one God. And that one God is not no white man. And so that right there, again, just... Like I explained, just like I started talking about with Nat Turner, how, what did he do? He was like, hey, look, you know, this, this stuff, what y'all talking about here, you know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to be doing this to us. No, that's a problem. And that's what those races don't want. This is why we having this issue that you're seeing now in these schools that they call the critical race theory and all of that type of stuff. 
What is that? What is that whole thing? Oh, critical race theory, all that CRT and all of that crap. Basically, in a nutshell, all let's break that down. In a nutshell, what that means is that white people are like, hey, look, we tell you what you need to learn when it comes to when it pertains to history, okay? Don't be learning about no Toussaint Louverture. Don't be learning about Jean-Jacques Dessalines, or I just mentioned to you all about David Fagan. Don't learn about these people. You know, we, we didn't tell you to learn about people. Why, why can't we learn about them? Oh, I know why we can't learn about them, see, because what it is is that you're scared. You're afraid the moment we start learning about these people, we're going to start continuously waking up, rising up, and then fighting against the oppression. See, just because the oppression is not happening like our ancestors experienced day in and day out, the torture, the rape, the degradation, the dehumanization in the fields, the getting whipped, you know, the babies being taken and all, just because we're not seeing that and experiencing experiencing that on that level, on that, on that extreme level that our ancestors dealt with day in and day out, doesn't mean that the oppression is still not there. And that's how it begins to start. The oppression begins when somebody is telling you what you can and cannot learn, what you can and cannot read. And then they'll tell, oh, that's not important. You go ahead. Y'all, y'all just keep, you know, you worry about entertainment. You worry about making us laugh. And you worry about dribbling them basketballs or throwing them footballs, which all, all lines up when you think about it. It still goes in connection with white domination. All the things I mentioned is still feeding into this white supremacist beast that we're dealing with, right? When our folks, they're entertaining, what are, who makes the most money out of it? You have that person who's on stage or they're rapping or they're telling jokes, you know what I'm saying? Or they're acting on the screen and we cheer for them and we happy and they win the award. You got the Oscar, you got the Emmy, you got the this, you got that. You know what I'm saying? Woohoo! You know, but we forget the person who put it all together. They're the ones who's making the massive amounts of money. So we have to remember that we have to put things in proper perspective. And that's why. That whole system, that's why I always go back to that whole system of the false notion of white supremacy. I say false notion, again, for those of you, my, your first time listening from Dr. Professor James Small. And when I heard him say that, that false notion, it makes, I said, oh, I got to use that as much as I can. Sometimes I may say white supremacy, but I try to say the false notion of white supremacy because ain't nothing supreme about a devil. Ain't nothing supreme about a devil. And the devil is someone who wants us to worship that human being. They want, they want us to worship anything they put in our faces, any materialism, any human beings, that way of life. They don't want us to worship one God so that we can do good things, right? So we can live healthy lives, so we can think in a good way, so we can empower people, so we can help those who are, you know, who are destitute, poor. We can help those who need some type, type of assistance, so, so we can always do good deeds and different things like that. They don't want us in that mindset. They want us to always be in the mindset of feeding into their white domination. That's why they say, no, you don't need to, you just read what we tell you to read. You read this, information so you can pass this test and then you good and then we'll you know what I'm saying then we'll give you a good job and then you'll be all right unless you wind up becoming an entertainer or or an athlete or something like that where you can still continuously make our money but we never ever ever want you to read anything that's going to help truly liberate you 
truly bring that freedom into you, truly let you see yourself in a position where you are changing your community, where you are owning your community, you're making decisions in your community. We are governing ourselves, policing ourselves. Because when we're doing that, then we know, because we know those of us who are conscious, we know what righteousness looks like. We know what healthy behavior looks like. And the ways in which we get into that mindset and remind ourselves that we put ourselves in a position where we are reading things that are going to link, that is going to rather link to our liberation, to our empowerment, to our freedom. And so that is one of, that is the, uh, the thing in which I want you all to get when you are listening to real reading talk. This is real talk. This is that uh, non-sugar-coated babble, okay? This is those conversations that you have in the parking lot with your coworkers. This, this is a conversation that you have in, in, in those Black-owned coffee spaces or when you join those uh, groups that you may have online or when you have gatherings with your, with your friends or your family. These are the conversations that you know you all are having. And this is why I said, I'm gonna bring this to your earwaves because we have to be unapologetic about fighting back against this sick demonic system. It's sick and demonic, just like what was sick and demonic. And I have to say this, cause I, I, I've been wanting to find a way to put a seg, to, to put this in here. The sick and demonic way that those so-called friends of that dear sister, that beautiful sister, Shanquella, and what they did to her. I just saw a snippet because I don't like watching that trauma porn when I when they when folks put out there, but I understand. Let, let me disclaimer, I understand we have to know what's going on. We have to know when we see sick things because of course nobody would have known what, what had happened to that poor baby. But that whole demonic spirit that entered into those young people, the person who was recording what had happened to that baby, that demonic spirit, see, that's the kind of ish that needs to be out of our community. It don't matter if they look like us. All of our skin folk and our kin folk. I'm not that person. I do not think that just because everything black, that means it's, it's going to be right. No, that don't even make common sense. Just like Imam Jamil Alameen said, formerly H. Rap Brown. When you want to, when, when green folks want to get green folks, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, you get a green soldier, meaning what? You use your own kind, okay, if you want to get somebody. Okay, you know what I'm saying? They look like you. You got to use those people. That's what white folks do all the time with us. They know when they want to infiltrate black organizations, they know good and well. They're like, okay, I can't go in there. I got to get somebody to look like them in order to infiltrate the organization. That's common sense. I got to get somebody going to blend in. So those demonic so-called friends that did that to her, they get whatever they deserve. And shout out to, you know, Brother Kyrie, you know, and other folks as well who have given money to the family so that she can have a proper burial and so they, they can be able to handle business and do what they need to do in grieving their beloved child. 
All right. So I just had to say that. And speaking of de de demonic spirits. Right. But again, going back to linking back again to the whole fact of fighting back against this demonic oppressive system. That's what we have to have that mindset on. And so now what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave you all because I always like to leave you all with some practical things you can implement in your lives when it comes to reading, because there is no reason why in 2022 that your babies, that our babies should not have books inside of their homes, period. If you have children, even you don't have children, obviously, you should make sure that you have books in your house, period. Your house, your apartment, wherever it is that you, where, where you live at. There's no reason why you should not have books. I'm not trying to hear that. And if you don't have books uh, that you can purchase that, 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 you know, that you have not purchased or whatever, start off with getting books from the library. But guess what? There's no excuses. Just like my beloved grandmother, Gloria Salee Rice said, one of the, her things she would say all the time, she said, people make, <laughs> they make time, okay, to do things that they want to do. Okay, period. When people want to do what they want to do, Oh, they're going to make the time. They're going to find the money. They're going to do, they're going to find the people, whatever they want to do. They're going to make sure that they do what they want to do. They're going to put that in. They're going to put that into their day. Trust and believe. And so that's what I want you all to do when it comes to reading, making sure that you are incorporating at least 30 minutes of reading a day into your life. So here go four things that I wrote down. And I said, just as a reminder, and I've said some of these things before, all right? But I'm going to say it again. Number one, figure out what books you like to read. That's easy. Just think about what it is that you like. Start off there. Real simple, okay? Figure out what you like to read and get those kinds of books, period. Number two, pick the time that's best for you to indulge or dedicate at least 30 minutes of reading time in. What time is best for you? You know your schedule throughout the day. Is it the morning time? Is it real early in the morning? If it is, then make sure that you put that reading in. Don't try to turn on that music. Don't go scrolling on your phone. Pick you up a book and start reading at that particular time. All right? It might be before bed. It might be in the middle of the day. All right. But just make sure that you pick that time and you make sure you incorporate that reading in. This is the, the time of no excuses. OK, no excuses. Number three, listen to books on YouTube or on Audible. You can go to YouTube, click on my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. And I have a plethora of read alouds on there that you can listen to with your children. All right. So make sure that you're doing that because that constitutes as reading. If you can't physically pick up a book, then listen. But I highly recommend that you incorporate physically picking up a book as well because you can actually incorporate listening to the books while you are driving in your car or you're on the bus or you are working out, whatever it is that you're doing. Instead of putting on the music, you can listen to a book online. And number four, pick the place that would allow you to be at peace while reading. That's very important. 
Because again, like I said, reading is an active activity. That's not something where you just, you know, you're not putting some thought into it. That's why reading when people, you can tell when people are reading a lot, they're thinking critically, they're problem solving, they're, uh, their understanding, their comprehension increases exponentially when they're reading, all right? Their vocabulary becomes more robust when they're reading. So that's why I said pick the place that will allow you to be at peace while you're reading and it will allow you to be able to understand and soak in what it is that you, the information that you're getting. So with all of that being said, this is it, y'all. This is my final episode of season two. This is episode 44 of Real Reading Talk. I am preparing. I already have a guest lined up already for season three. He will be, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, talk to you about him uh, when the season three begins. So yeah, I'm not going to uh, give the name yet. <laughs> but I already got it locked in, you know, so he's going to be on my show. I'm so excited. Um, this is going to be great, y'all. And I love this because this is going to be going into the new year, 2023. We're going in strong. Everybody, I want everybody to have that strong mindset, that empower, empowerment mindset, that liberation mindset. All right. And we can do this. Okay. We are a people who comes from the notion of liberation, of freedom, of independence, okay? So make sure that you uh, literally start to exude that mindset. Put that in your spirit. Ask God to increase you with that liberation spirit, okay? So with all that being said, I'm going to end right there. And I thank you all for listening to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your host, Ms. Sasha. And again, please make sure that you are incorporating at least 30 minutes a day in your reading. Thank you all for listening. Peace. All right, everybody. Like I told you, I was going to bring it. And I hope that you all was getting it. Okay, I hope you all had your notebooks, your pens, pencils, whatever it was that you were writing with because I wasn't playing, okay? And that's what Real Reading Talk is all about. And I hope that you all got that from this episode, okay? I hope you all really truly understand that concept of reading is freedom, okay? And that's Real Reading Talk, all right? And I thank you all again uh, for just rocking with me, man. This, this has been great. I, I just... Oh, I'm just so appreciative uh, for those of you who have been listening, giving comments and all of that. It really has uplifted my spirit. And it's like, you know, you love the fact when people are cheering you on and they're like, keep going, keep going, because that's 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 how we got to be with each other. When you see people who are doing great things, you got to cheer them on. You got to keep pushing them. OK, because there's a lot of forces out here that are trying to suppress our freedom and they've been doing that we know that as black people so and that's and, and what do you have to do you have to resist you have to push back and you have to counteract though with goodness because we don't when we are in a position or when you're in a position of leadership don't act like those who are who oppressed you don't do that don't take on that mindset no you take on the mindset of justice we want justice for all people we don't want to see folks being dehumanized and degraded. 
So just make sure you understand that when you're in a position, a, a leadership position, you're in a position where people are looking up to you, they're looking at you for guidance. Don't abuse that. Make sure that you are showing them their greatness that they have inside of them so they can be empowered. That's how everybody wins. We got to have the mindset of everybody wins. And that's what, and that's the message that I consistently bring to Real Reading Talk. Everybody is winning. But we definitely have to always be in resistance and pushing back against the sick demonic, demonic system of white supremacy. All right. So with all that being said, I want to uh, share with you all again um, the fact that I am a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor and I'm a certified dyslexia tutor as well. So for those of my children who are uh, dealing with dyslexia, please make sure that you uh, reach out to me. Uh, via my website, that's abclearntutoring.com and click on that free reading assessment today. That's abclearntutoring.com. All right. So I have over 15 years of reading tutoring experience and I have many testimonials on my website where people have talked about how they've seen their children improve when it comes to comprehension, when it comes to their confidence in their reading, when it comes to the understanding the letter recognition, having that concept of the phonics and the phonemic awareness, having the basic foundational skills uh, being cultivated when it comes to their reading. People have been giving me rave reviews uh, uh, for my services. So please make sure if you are looking for that assistance, make sure you go to my website to check it out. Also, I am the founder and executive director of ABC Read. ABC Read, our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities. And we have been giving away books, and our mission by the end of this year is to give away 5,000 books in the city of Cleveland to our Black and underserved communities, all right? And books that primarily represent Black people, culture, and experiences, new or gently used books. We also have reading events, and we also promote having healthy snacks as well, okay? So these are just some of the things that we do for the community. Go to our website, abcread.org. Please make sure you check us out. And if you feel so compelled, if you see our mission and see what we've been doing, and it, it does something to your spirit, to your heart, please make sure you donate. We have Cash App. We accept donations. And you can also click and give through PayPal as well. So we appreciate you. And readingisfreedom.store, y'all, it is up, okay? We've been making some sales. People have been just so excited. They love the merch, all right? So we got on there right now. We have on there shirts, hoodies. We got mugs, all right? And we have bags, all right? And we're going to be adding more merch as well, okay? And so I want you all to please go check out the website, readingisfreedom.store. And I am going to put the link so you all can click on there. And please make sure you go check us out. Thank you for those who've supported us already, uh, supported uh, my Reading is Freedom brand. This is, this is a for-profit, all right? So this is my actual business. And again, as you see, my business all right, is connected to reading, to literacy, all right? And also, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom, and I'm going to have the podcast up on there. Make sure you subscribe to the nonprofit, uh, ABC Read, all right? So that uh, YouTube channel is linked to our nonprofit organization, ABC Read. Make sure you subscribe to there as well. And then I'm going to let, uh, uh, tongue-tied, <laughs> leave you all 
with these last two things. The first thing is the book that I started uh, reading. I was reading that this book is heavy, y'all. This is a heavy book, y'all. This is The Black Jacobins, and I mentioned it during my podcast, Toussaint Louverture and the San Domingo Revolution, written by C.L.R. James, okay? So I'm still in the beginning, and right now I'm on the part where he's talking about Toussaint, okay? And so uh, you all need to get this book, and I think, and I'm glad that I'm talking about this. Like I said, when I gave the spoiler, uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie Wakanda Forever, um, that our Black Panther, he had a son, and his son's name is Toussaint, all right? And he was in Haiti, all right? So I thought that was just right on point. I'm like, oh my gosh. And um, now I want to end with this quote. And the quote is this, read absolutely everything you get your hands on because you'll never know what you'll get an idea from. And that quote was from none other than our dear brother, Malcolm X, El Haj Malik, El Shabazz, Rahimullah. All right. So may God be pleased with him. He, as we already know about Malcolm X, I mean, he is world renowned. People all over respected, loved, admired him. All right. And we, and we all know, for those of you who understand the story, we know he was an avid reader, that he got that from his foundation, his home foundation, okay? So with all that being said, that's it. All right, y'all, thank you all again for listening to another episode, our last final episode, y'all, episode 44, Real Ready Talk, episode two, excuse me, episode 44, season two, okay? So thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. Yeah. Please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. I'm out, y'all. Miss Peace.